In database engineering, I.O. is the currency that we deal with. Whether that is an I.O. that is going to a mechanical drive or to an SSD drive or to a page in memory, you know, that is cached or even to the OS file system cache it's an io regardless yeah you can argue that and one io can be faster than the other but it is an io and the goal that we do as database engineers and backend engineers and anyone who build applications is to try to minimize the number of ios being logical or physical logical you can think of logical as i'm hitting the cache you know so obviously, one read, one I.O. is better than one million I.O., even if that, those million going to the cache. Does that make sense? And the topics of today, topics, topic, one topic. The topic of today, I want to discuss uh, one property in the index that is called fill factor that kind of helps minimize the number of io depending on your use case right and this is a property of usually of indexes or any sorted data structure that is a cluster table which you can argue it's actually an index all right how about we actually discuss this Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Back in Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. And quick shout out before we jump into the show. Uh, if you enjoy this content and you can't really watch it on YouTube, uh, this show is available on all your favorite podcasting listening platform. Just Google the Back in Engineering Show. It's available on Spotify, um, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, all that jazz. Listen through that and uh, appreciate your support. By, but just by listening, you're actually supporting the show. Uh, rating the show helps uh, boost it up in all the algorithms that are out there. It's uh, funny that we are being run by robots, if you think about it, really. We're at the mercy of algorithms, which are 
nothing but AI and those are robots. The revolution is already here, my friends. We are run by robots. Okay, that was too deep. <laughs> Let's jump into the show, guys. Another thing I want to mention is uh, if you like my content, consider checking out my courses. I have a few of them. Uh, since this is a database topic, uh, check my database course. Uh, so really popular people like it it's over 20 hours worth of content and uh it's uh it's really a course that i wish i had when i was first learning database engine i took my experience basically from you know roughly in 15 years worth of database experience 20 years total uh and i tried to boil them into you know practical as much as you know bottom up so to speak experience where okay we have these things but why do they exist you know try to link them back up to use cases and useful things instead of you know when you're in a university we just basically being taught things hey this is an index shut up and use it you know oh, this is this and just just use it that that is a window size tcp window size it yeah why why no no reason just just learn it and move on with your life uh yeah i always was confused about things that are i don't know why they exist and i try to answer the question of a why in all my videos really all right so database.hosainnasr.com is also available right here uh, if you uh, want to get a coupon for the udemy course appreciate your support let's get on with the show so if we thought about how a table is formed right and uh, for simplicity let's let's assume a row store instead of a column store you know so you would basically you have a block of memory and you're gonna add your rows and each row will have a bunch of columns so they will be added padded one after the other you know just the first row all its column second row all its column so you can see if if it's really a rectangle if you want to visualize it as a rectangle it would be like this right the, the rows like snake going multiple rows padded one after the other you know and until one page is filled and depending on the database uh, you know page size uh, mysql i believe is 16 kilobyte and postgres by default is 8 and you can change these so these pages is the unit of work and that's the minimum thing we can read from a database speak so that's 8k i don't want to go through actually how that 8k is actually translated to the file system that kind of complicates the story because one 8k could be different one 8k page in the database logical speak is different from a file system page you know that's the operating system so if your database is built on top of the file system then there is another layer of abstraction and, and database engineers try to remove that layer and go directly to the disk as much as possible, you know, to avoid this kind of unneeded abstraction. And, and, and what we do try to sync up this uh, two states as much as possible, you know, the, the sizes, you know, but that's what we have effectively. And this end up eventually as a page on disk or multiple pages, you know, or blocks, whatever the the name is convention for that device the storage medium so the goal here is to write 
right? A page or read a page. Let's think about it this way, right? And the an IO is the ability to read a page. And you can ask questions like, can I read, can how many pages can I read in a single IO? And and bear you can barely find any answers about this because it's so complex of a question, really. And the operating system doesn't have a concept of a pages per se when it comes to a device itself. You know, it says, hey, read me this in a single IO, in a single request. Go and read from this position until this position. And that's an IO, right? So you can technically read multiple pages in a single IO or request, if you will. But regardless, so if the database know that it needs five pages, uh, it will send multiple, you know, one request to fetch these five pages. Now, I'm not sure, I'm not really an expert in operating system. And those who listen to the show and watches the videos can can maybe add add to this i couldn't find an interface that reads multiple blocks from the disk with a single io it has to be consecutive right so you send a request okay send from read from this position to this position that's one block right and then read this to this right is there an api that allows you to read Okay, here's one interval, if you will. You know, here's another range. Range is a better word. Re- read this range, this range, this range, this range. So it's 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 gonna accept like an array of ranges. You know, I would if I would build something like that, I would build it this way. You know, I would accept a, a, an array of ranges. So this way, I send one request to the SSD controller, right? Hopefully, the NVMe have something like that. I personally didn't see it. But it will say, okay, read this range, this range, this range with a single call. You know, that's how I would build it. I wouldn't build it such that it will, it's like, oh, it's one call and you get one range. This way you it will require multiple calls. This is basic API designs, right? But I'm not expert in that area, so I can't speak to what is the current implementation, right? But let's assume you, you can read, right? So this is an IO. So that's the currency. An IO is the currency, right? And sure, you can read multiple pages. Whether this is going to require one I.O. or multiple, that's out of the question. I hope I get an answer for that. Right? I, I really wish I can speak to, like, you know, Matthias, who, who's like the Western digital kind of speaks person when it comes to NVMe. I really want to just talk to him. I have so many questions. And unfortunately, I don't have people who are expert to this. But yeah, um, I wish... Uh, we can have that kind of discussion like this. Like I have so many questions when it comes to these things that I don't have answers. And in the MVM aspect is so complex to read, at least for me personally. Maybe I'll get there one day. So yeah, let's still continue talking about this. We talked about the, the concept of a page. And that's not so bad if you add these rows one after the other in this page. You know, they will just be appended one after the other, right? It doesn't really matter. Right, that's when you actually add a table. But then, if you index, that things then then change, right? Because we usually index a column or multiple of columns, right? And what does it mean to really index a column? The beauty of index is to create this structure that we call B tree, and the goal is to sort. 
that is the most pinnacle important property of an index that things are sorted right and don't think of it like as just a single blob of pages no it is actually brilliantly designed for searching as well not just sorting but once you land on a page in an index the column that you indexed all the values are sorted there so let's say you are so let's say you are indexing on a column that is called the serial number right it's a string sure then that serial numbers that look similar will live in the same page right? let's be let's use that number for simplicity because it's gonna we're gonna come to strings and go ahead and uoid if the serial number is an is actually serial like one two three four a thousand thousand and one thousand and two then the page that you're gonna read from an index is if you're searching for serial number 2000 you're not gonna get just one entry from the index we talked about this because an io in the index in in, in the database gives you at least a page there is no byte addressability you know you get a whole page or a block think of it right and that page when you make the query to pull it from the database because the index lives in the in the desk sorry when you pull it from the desk the index lives in the desk just on another data structure right gotta persist it we pull that page and we pick the value 2000 not only we got 2000 we got 2000 1999 and anything after that as well 2001 2002 2003 up until whatever the the last entry and the first entry in that page happened to be let's say 1800 is the first and the last one is like you know 2200 right right so you get a lot of stuff and that's good in some situations especially if you're doing like a range query if you need those entries you got them it's there you did the io right and that is the the important part here so now, because things are sorted in the index, if I insert more rows, right, then the index is responsible to shove the entry in the right page based on the sorting order. And that is the trick here. Because if I have a page, and let's say, let's start from scratch. I have an empty table, and I'm indexing on the serial number. Yeah. Yeah. And that serial number is not really a, a sequence per se. It's not like one, two, three, four. No. It's just, I don't know, random values. So if I insert the value, the first row with a value of serial number one, right? Then a page will be created and the value of one will be inserted in the index and another the whole row will be obviously created in the heap and then later flushed to the memory and the table doesn't really need to have an order unless it's a clustered table right so we have two structures the table and the index all right we insert one then let's say i inserted 1000 
Well, 1,000 is another entry. I have one page. I'm going to insert 1,000. Okay? Because there is a page available. Because 1,000 comes after one. right? So it fits right into the same page. And then I inserted 2,000. Right, 2,000 is greater than 1,000. Then, okay, 2,000 comes right after 1,000. You can see the gaps. Not physical gaps, the logical gaps that we have. There are numbers between 1,000 and 2,000, and there are definitely numbers between 1 and 1,000. So now, if you continue inserting values like 5,000, 6,000, 10,000, all of these will go to the same page until that page is filled because it reached the page size, which is 8K, for example, case of Postgres. And then we're going to insert, I don't know, let's say 2 right? Or let's for simply, let's say I'm going to insert uh, 20,000, right? 20,000 should go right after whatever the last number, 5,000, but the page is full. Okay, let's create a new page. And 2,000 lives exactly next to that page because larger values go to the tail. That's not bad because we're going to the tail. We're going at the end. But what happened if I now insert the number 2? Well, two actually comes right after one, which lives in this page, which happened to be full. You cannot insert the two after the 20,000 that we just added. So we have to go back to that full page. And we have to split that page. Where the one, and then insert the two right after that, and then reshuffle the values as a result. So now we have two pages with some space left in each of them. That is extremely expensive. And I talked about it in another show, this page split. Right? And it happens because of the random insert that we did. I don't know what my dog is doing. So just understanding, and I'm sure some of you as they, they listen to, oh, I have some scenarios like that. Some of you might say, oh, no don't have any examples like that if you have a serial number that keeps increasing autonomous what was the there is a word for it autonomously you know what i'm talking about autonomously monotonically i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> right so so if if the values are keep increasing then the pages can be left alone you never like to go to and split the page because first of all it's two reads uh, first of all it's a get a read Put in memory, do some sort of manipulation, create two pages, right? Uh, put the values here, figure out which values go to which page, then flush pause to disk. So that single write inserts will lead to multiple writes, right? Depending on how how small the page will lead to. So it's interesting. Um, GUIDs, or some people call them UUIDs, are nefarious for this. If you use, if you index a GUID field or a UID field, UUIDs are random by nature, right? So if you sort them, uh, then there there is no choice, but they will be all over the place, right? If you keep inserting GUIDs, GUIDs, they will be next to each other, but then... Chances that a new GUID will need to be 
filled right after a certain good based on the alpha. It depends like what's the data type. If it's a string, then it goes into this, like you use the alphabetical. If it's an hexadecimal number, then you use different byte representation of what sorting comes after that. But that's, that's effectively it, right? And I believe UUID version four has some sort of a sorting mechanism. They are naturally sorted when you generate it as if the first x number of digits are the same that's nice I, I i would like to see that but then i don't know how much collision that you get you're gonna get with that right that's another topic right if you if you know that your uids are sorted then you're gonna get better performance out of the database because they'll be nicely tucked after one after the other right but that's just another topic for another day. So that's why I, I keep saying the UID, just be careful if you index a UID field, just know that this thing exists, right? And 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 keep in keep in mind that this can happen. So so how do we address this problem in the index? Well, one solution that we came up with is to introduce a fill capacity in the page for indexes because it doesn't make any sense for heap, right? If it's unordered, right? Because it's unordered. I'm not going to enforce any order, right? But fill factor has been introduced as a percentage. As you insert, if you create a new page and as you insert values to this page, once you reach 80% of that page, stop don't use it anymore that's that's the trick here right if you reach 70 percent, that's the fill factor 70 percent. keep filling the page until 70 percent of the 8k once you reach that leave the space unfilled and then go to the next page given that you can actually do that what does that mean right if you're gonna insert one, two, three, four, five, say blah 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 blah, 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 ten, and the page reaches a seventy percent, then you want to insert eleven. Eleven should come after the ten, right? Then sure, that will basically create a new page, leave the thirty percent free, right? So now, if you if you insert the value eleven, just go to a new page, right? And twelve goes to the other page, right? That. But then if you want to insert the value, I don't know, three, let's say we have one and two and four, but we don't have a three, you can use that page. You have to You have to use that page. So you have a little bit of a wiggle room to grow in that page. And that is the, the most important thing in a fill factor representation of an index where you have at least, you, you avoid splitting the page because there is room to insert in that thing. Okay. So you want to leave room in the index if you have random inserting values, right, in the page. Things like GUIDs like, or UUID that are actually random or even integer numbers that you know it's random. It's going to be coming in a random fashion. Then having a fill factor of 80%, it depends. It's all, at the end of the day, it's all subjective and really depends on, I guess, use cases and testing and trial and error. I can't give you a number, to be honest, right? So I tried 80%, I have 70, I have even 100%, I'm going to talk about it. You have to 
sometimes the fill factor is actually uh, to a double-edged sword. We're going to come to that in a minute. Hopefully, I don't forget. So, what you, what will happen is you're gonna you're gonna end up uh, with with these things, right? So you need the random values that get inserted. You need some space so that just in case I had to insert a value between two values that happen to be in the same page, I have room to grow. That's the purpose right here. Okay. But uh, let's talk about when fill factor actually is a detriment to the index. <laughs> let's say I use a fill factor on a sequence uh, on an integer field that is that has a sequence that means every value that you insert is always increasing by one right so one two three there will there will never be a gap at all right assuming this is the natural numbers obviously an integer right uh so if i have insert one and two and three and four and five six and i had like a fill factor of 50 percent that is absolutely will degrade the performance. Why? Because this is increasing. This is continuously increasing. So that means you're going to have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And let's say the maximum is 20. You just left 50% empty. Then 11 will go to a new page. Why? Why don't you put 11 on the same page? We're going to continue. Okay. 11, 12, 20. Right? Use another page. That really will kill the performance. Why? You see, because now, back to the our currency, which is the I.O. I keep slipping. Actually. Our currency is the I.O., right? If I want to read a range query in the in my index yeah give me all the values uh, all the rows that be between uh, 5 and 300 right uh, my index will go to that page and fetch it right it will find a page that has 10 numbers but it will also have half of the page 4 kilobyte of the 8k is null is all zeros out which is absolutely useless for me. Obviously, I need to continue reading. So I go and read another page. Oh, we got now 10 to 20. Ah, oh, the rest is empty. Oh, what a shame. Now you keep reading blank, useless data. You're spending money, currency, to read half of the data. So... In that particular scenario where you know there will never be gaps, dates is another example. If you have logs that like you're logging something and you know that you'll never go to the past and insert something in the past, you never do that. Fill factor should be 100%. Right? You have to use fill factor of 100%. You fill that page, make it cram, cram it with content so that just one single IO gives you as much possible data as possible, right? So we want fill factor sometimes to be 100%, and sometimes we want it to have a little bit of a wiggle, 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 room, right? My money don't wiggle, wiggle, it falls. That's a poem I wrote, by the way. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Song is everywhere. My brain is melting. 
Okay. So, fill factor. So let's talk about final thing. Fragment. Fragmentation. A fragmented index is kind of a result of, kind of similar to this. Let's say you have a nice, beautiful page with all of entries. And you start deleting. Blah, 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 delete, 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 delete. Or even in case of a, a Postgres update. Postgres might, might be smarter in updates, so I'll take that back. But if you delete rows, or even update all the rows, right? Then you're going to have rows that are orphaned in in the page, right? So you can have one, two, three, and then deleted, 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 and then five, six, seven, and deleted, deleted. So this is very similar to when the fill factor is, is a very low value. And then you're going to read values, right? Only to find that most of these rows has been deleted. So that's a waste of money, right? Of currency. Because I.O., didn't give me everything I need. What's the goal? What What did I say when we started? We want to make the least number of minimum number of IOs. We want to spend the least amount of money, right? Currency. IOs currency. Every IO you make, uh, a duck dies. You kill a duck. So try to minimize the number of ducks that you slaughter, right? In this In this process. So now in a single IO... If you have all these deleted rows, then that's also wasted. So re-indexing really helps here as well. Eh? If you re-index your table, that's, that's probably all database engineers are familiar with that. Your performance increases, especially if in a heavily edited table where you're just changing all the time and editing all the time, right? But then also, that is not always true because deleted rows if you read a, a page that has some deleted rows if i'm an old transaction and my isolation level is read repeatable read or serializable or even read committed in cert certain areas i might have need these deleted rows because i started long time ago right and i, I and i'm not seeing I need to see these values for a certain read commit read committed might not be the case here, but definitely repeatable readers. So, hey, I started a long time ago. I need to see these deleted rows, right? So you can't always physically remove this entry from the index. Sometimes you keep them. That's why a lot of you know database experts. I'm not a database expert. I don't like to call myself because I, there is so much to learn. It's like like I was we were talking about the I/O in the beginning. I didn't know anything about that stuff yet. So I don't like to call myself an expert at all. So a lot of people who knows about database engineering, they advise against long-running transactions because those long-running transactions will hold uh, sort of special locks on these deleted rows that vacuum in case of Postgres and other you know, undo, the undo log sh cannot physically remove them at all. It has to stay there. And if they are there, new transactions suffer. Because new transactions, they don't have business of these deleted rows. To them, they started after the row has been deleted. So their snapshot is reading from that state. Right? So they don't need, there is no business. So long-running transactions are holding back the system. So fragmented index is a thing. 
page splits is the thing. So as a summary, we're going to summarize this. Fill factor is a very nice property, but it's a double-edged sword. Uh, make the fill factor too small, and you might suffer from, uh, you know, expensive reads that don't have as much juicy data. Make it full, 100% to too large, then you might suffer page splits. And page splits also, you know, expensive, you know? Yeah. It's like you're taking a saw and then you saw the page in half. Very, very painful to the database, you know. Sometimes databases have feelings. You have to care, my friends, about the database feelings. And then uh, you want to leave. I, I'm looking at my bullet points here, so I'm not really. I don't have a script or anything like that. Just literally have like four bullet points with three words in each one. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so sometimes you want to leave it 100%. You want to leave it, um, make it too small. Uh, sometimes uh, you got to worry about the fragmented index. That's another thing where as you delete, you need to re-index that. Uh, fill, uh, I don't know if fill factor helps with fragmented index, to be honest. I think fill factor, a small fill factor will result in a fragmented index in a sense where you're going to have these fill empty pages that, your index will be too large if the fill factor is too small and your values values are monotomically monotomically increasing i'm pretty sure that's the word and you guys are yelling at me you know it's it's just keep increasing it will never go back and insert an old value dates are example another example right so yeah guys what do you think about this are you, are you using fill factor uh, i keep saying i keep thinking of fill factor fear factor the the show there the uh, you know, uh, Joe Rogan was on Fear Factors. Like, it always confuses the two. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Back Engineering Show. Uh, consider becoming a member. It supports the show. Keeps the shows going. You know, consider using this uh, super thanks in YouTube. Eh. Keeps the show going. Consider getting my, my courses. Database. I have a database course. I have a network course. Uh, check them out. Uh, go to my uh, uh, database.hosainnasser.com network.sanasa.com just go to my website you're gonna find all my courses there um we have uh, all sorts of great community here where we have great discussions i try to sometimes reply when i have the chance but with with a new baby now he's a toddler yeah he he messed up my my mic so i don't know if this uh hopefully the the audio is clear because he just he now he can stand and walk everywhere so he he went to my also, the audio interface and start just tuning. He like anything that has a rotate, he would just flip it right and right. So I have no idea. I try, I tested it. it sounds as good, but hopefully this audio is, is good. Uh, appreciate all of you guys. Thank you so much for all the support. See you in the next one. Goodbye.